You're listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Superhuman in You is an organization with a mission to help business leaders improve their mental, physical, and emotional health. Now presenting to you, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and an award-winning coach, your host, Anurag Rai. Hi, this is your host Anurag, and in today's episode, I'm talking to Robert Harkas of Pro Health. Robert is a health coach helping busy professionals have more energy, vitality, mental clarity, and weight loss. Hi, Robert. It's so good to have you on our show. And uh, I know we've been in in touch for a while now. We met in BNI, uh, and you got so much to share with my audience. So I'm really happy and honored to have you here. Welcome. Thanks very much, Anurag. Yeah, um, as I was saying before, this is literally the first ever podcast episode I've been a part of. So um, I'm humbled that you asked me to be on it and absolutely delighted to be here. No, definitely. You got, you got, I think you got a great journey, uh, which, uh, which I think my audience would really benefit from. It's kind of inspirational as well when you hear such kind of transformational journeys. And especially one thing, which is common between us as well, that we both left our comfortable corporate corporate job to start something we are passionate about. So I'd really, really love to hear about that as well today. So, so yeah, if you, if you want to get started by telling us a bit about yourself and uh, how did you end up doing what you're doing at the moment? Okay, um, where to begin? I, I think I, I need to go quite far back to really get to the the foundations of it all. So back in school, um, my priority was really what's going to get me a good, well-paid job in a respectable profession. And I always had this um, what's the word, fascination with, I would see in the movies, the, the corporate guys in their three-piece suits and ties and a briefcase and, and even like a fedora hat. And I remember when I was a kid, I thought, that's what I want to be. I, I want to be that guy in the suit. Always had that fascination. And so at school, I studied accounting and I was always good at numbers. So I thought, okay, this is easy enough. I can do this. So I studied accounting at school. And then as as you get funneled into university, which at school, it kind of felt like that's what everyone expects you to do is, is go to university. I just followed the crowd and I picked my subjects, accounting and finance, and, and started studying that at university as well. And so I, I did my first year at the University of Aberdeen and I actually, I really, I would say, first of all, I was too mature to go to university. I wasn't ready for it. And I really, I didn't take it seriously. And I, I just scraped through and I, but I didn't enjoy it. And so when I went into second year, I thought, right, I'm going to try and take this really seriously and, and do this properly this time in my second year. Yeah. Didn't happen. I ended up dropping out. Uh, I dropped dropped out of the second year at Aberdeen Uni, and I spent a few months. I, I was working full time. I, I took some temporary work, but I was thinking, "What the? What am I going to do? I, I can't. I can't do this forever. I, I need to find something." And I, I kind of bottled it essentially, and I ended up going back to university, just a different one, to study accounting and finance again because it was just really the panic of, "Well, I don't know what else to do, so I'm. I just have to go back and try again." went to a different uni, the course was slightly different and, and probably more aligned to me. So I, I did that, still ignoring the warning signs throughout the the rest of the degree that 
I didn't enjoy it. I got no fulfillment or excitement out of what I was doing. And, you know, fast forward to the end of the degree, I graduated and got a graduate job at one of the big four um, accounting firms and a training contract to become a chartered accountant. So did work through that uh, training contract and qualified in 2016 and just keep plugging away at the, at the job. I, I was in audit and eventually became an audit manager in 2018. And I, I, I'll be completely honest, the entire time, I still wasn't enjoying the, the nature of the work. I think what helped me survive was that I am a people person. I'm an extrovert and I, I, I get energy from that interaction with other people and because the job was very team-based and you're working with clients all the time uh, that that kept me going yeah. and it wasn't until I, well, I also just kept assuming that it would get better as I climbed the ladder and got further away from the the nitty-gritty detail and maybe more more managerial level mm-hmm. didn't really work out that way still didn't enjoy it and it was when we went into lockdown last year and I was removed from that team environment and spontaneous social interaction. And I was just in my in my flat in the study with the spreadsheets. And that that was really the the light bulb moment where I just realized I can't do this for the rest of my life. I'd been thinking about it a lot in in the run up to that. It wasn't like it all just happened in one moment. Yeah. I was very unhappy uh, for a, quite a long time, overwhelmed, stressed with the nature of the work because it, it wasn't me. But that was the tipping point when we went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And what you're doing at the moment? Yeah. So I've always been interested in health and I've, I probably get it from my mum because I remember when I was a kid, she was always trying to be healthy and she was doing whatever she believed to be the healthy thing to do based on the literature that she consumed. And quite often on a diet as well, because she was never happy with her weight. And then when I started putting on a bit of weight in my early 20s, I, I, I yo-yoed a bit throughout my teenage years. You know, I was quite a chubby teenager. Then I lost weight and, and I was really skinny. But then when I was 20, I started putting on weight again yeah. and I didn't like it, really didn't like it. And so I started getting really interested in health and, and how to, primarily for weight loss, but started reading some books and found a, a philosophy that I, I really agreed with. And it, I could tell it worked, but it probably just wasn't the right time in my life to really commit to it. I had other priorities like partying and having a good time. And then when, when the career came along after uni, very intense, stressful job, long hours, and didn't really have time to think about looking after me. I, I just made time to look after the job. So throughout my twenties, it was kind of on the periphery of my interests. I, I, I knew I was interested, but I just didn't have time for it or make time for it. And then when I was 28 years old, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. It kind of just crept up on me throughout my 20s with sitting on my bum all day at a laptop. It doesn't help either. Um, so that was another kind of transformational moment. I had, I had a tipping point when I was on holiday in Thailand and I, I, I fell ill. I spent three out of 10 days in, in bed. And I was just so frustrated with myself that maybe if I was healthier, maybe if I looked after myself better, I would not have been ill or at least I might have bounced back a bit quicker and I wouldn't have wasted my holiday in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So at, from that moment, I, I just decided this is it. I need to get healthy and look after myself. So that was November, 2019. And I lost um, over the next five to six months, I lost around about 
25 kilograms, which is just under four stone, I think. Yeah. Um, in total, I ended up losing about 27 kilograms, and which was just under four and a half stone. But it wasn't just about the weight. You know, I, I had really low energy. I got ill regularly. Um, it affected my mental health as well. I, I had anxiety. I was signed off work with stress in July, late July 2020, last year. Mm-hmm. That was before I actually resigned. And so... Through that transformation, it really triggered the passion. It ignited the passion in me for health and wellness. And so when I had the other light bulb moment I told you about with the career, yeah. I decided I need to do something else. What, what could that be? And through a bit of a exploration process, um, looking at personality tests, because that's a quite a, a, an area of interest for me, um, for, I find it very useful for understanding myself. Mm-hmm. I used that to work out, well, what would I be good at that I'm also interested in? And nutritionist came up. Now, to be a nutritionist, you have to go back to university. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared to do that. Having having studied accounting at uni and I did a training contract, the thought of going back to uni was just a bit too far for me. Yeah. So I came across health coaching and I did a, a course during lockdown last year, certified as a health coach. And took the plunge really. I handed in my resignation in July last year, three months notice took me to October. I launched the business in November and that's what I've been doing for the last year. I just had my one year anniversary as a, as a health coach. That's great. That's a wonderful story. And every time I hear that, I've heard that before, obviously uh, every time I hear that, it just is so inspiring. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So, no problem. so tell me what was um, obviously it's, it's it requires a lot of courage to leave a good, well-paying job and just just start afresh. So, so what was uh, like? How did you find that courage? Is it what was that thing that pushed you to make that move? Oh, that's a great question. I, I, this is maybe me being humble. I, I never even thought of myself as being courageous. Yeah. It was more like I was pushed into taking action because I was so unhappy and stressed and you know, I had anxiety and, and signed off with stress. So, mm-hmm. it, and it was a long process. I, I think I, it, it took years of being unhappy and, but being in denial about not that, that job, not being a good fit for me. Yeah. And so that just accumulated over time. And then I think, as, as I said earlier, with lockdown, that put a magnifying glass on how unhappy the, just the nature of the work made me. I'm not a data and details person. I'm a people person. And while that, the job did have elements of that, ultimately, it's still data and numbers and details that you're dealing with. So, um, And then, I don't know, I, th- I think just lock, lockdown, I, I think, you know, 2020, COVID and the lockdown is some, one of those world events that and well a life event because it's personal to all of us that i'll look back on in the future and think that was one of the best things that could have happened to me because Mm -hmm. it forced a lot of reflection upon me and just considering my life circumstances Mm -hmm. and also a bit of a personal development journey a lot of reading things and listening to podcasts and audiobooks that i never made time for before because I guess I was working hard and partying hard any any free time I had I was socializing and and I was out drinking and then and then I'd be hung over the next day because that was kind of the lifestyle that you got into yes yes 
and and so the lockdown not, not only did it isolate us with being in lockdown but then also you know there was no social events and I couldn't go out and, and party that just wasn't an option so I used that time to do something more productive and useful for me mm-hmm. and I, yeah so I, I think that inspired me that there is another way I, I could do something else I just have to believe in myself you know if, if so if all these other people can do it out there because there's so loads of them why yeah. not me yeah and I suppose the, the other final thing is with lockdown because we weren't out doing anything it allowed me to save some money as a survive I called it my survival fund and I also sold my car because I realized I didn't need it mm-hmm. and that was that was my safety net so that I could take that leap of faith. And even if it took a bit of time, which it, it absolutely did to start building traction, mm-hmm. I, I was going to survive financially. So that, that was the other thing I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. There's a, obviously there's, there's a lot of uh, things to talk about in what you shared just now, but a couple of things that I really liked is one thing, Obviously, lockdown was challenging for 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 most people, uh, but we cannot deny that there was a lot of good which came out from lockdown as well. And I think one of the best things that came out, which you pointed out, is it forced people to slow down and rethink. Because what happens if we get stuck into these cycles of lifestyle, and we we just never stop to think what we're doing, and we just keep on doing the same things every day. Um. So yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, that was something I really liked and something I found out as well during the lockdown. And the other thing that I really liked what you shared there was, uh, so I think what forced you to take action was kind of pain, but mm. sometimes pain, pain can break us, but also make us, but you use that pain to propel you into the direction you wanted to go. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was something I really liked. Hundred um, percent. So, on the the pain thing, it's something that I'm actually now seeing more and more in other people with the work that I do now. So, uh, as a health coach, I'm I help people transform their health, have more energy, vitality, less illness, and and often that does come with weight loss, but it's not always the the main product of my service, if that makes sense. But there are so many people I've spoken to, and and in my head, I'm thinking. I could help you. Like I know I could help you, but they have to be ready. And some people haven't suffered enough to get to that point of readiness. And and that was me. I hadn't. It, I, I obviously just had to suffer enough, and to to a point where I couldn't deny the pain anymore. Yeah, hundred so. percent. I think one one of one of the things I often talk about is most people most people live their first half of their life trading their health to gain wealth and then the second part of their life trading their wealth to gain health <laughs> so they're living as traders rather than like pre- proactive creators so yeah. yeah okay so what do you help um, your clients with at the moment is it uh, is it to gain fitness or 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 is it overall health or what kind of things do you help with your clients with? So 
recent, recent, more recently, the way I've started to describe this is if you think of a, a spectrum between a, a personal trainer who's in the gym and he's yeah. focusing on uh, muscle groups and, and workouts to target muscle groups mm-hmm. and, and very focused on fitness, physical fitness, in, in my opinion. And, and that's no offense to, to personal trainers. That's just how I, I, how I view them. Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got dietitians or nutritionists and, and they will they can prescribe diets and and very often that could target, for example, a, a health issue, an intolerance, an allergy, something like that. As a health coach, I see myself as in the area in between the two. So I, I take a more holistic, integrative approach. So yes. I, I don't I don't have a narrow focus on any one thing in relation to health and wellness. For mm-hmm. me, you you could be fit, but you could be unhealthy. Yeah. Or you could be quite healthy but unfit, and and I don't think they should be. Or, well, they're not mutually exclusive. So, I coach my clients on how to build sustainable lifestyle habit change targeted towards health and wellness, and that and that does look at nutrition and, and it does look at exercise, but it's it's about creating that sustainable change so that what when they stop working with me after. 16 weeks is, is the minimum I would work with a, a client for. Mm-hmm. I've trialed less than that, but I found that that does, that does not create habit change. Habits, habits are really ingrained in us and it, it takes a long time to change that. Mm-hmm. So my goal is that after 16 weeks, and I have worked with people for longer than that, that they can, we, we can part ways and they have already established that new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They can navigate the things that come up in life, like the social events and the parties and, or just being unprepared and not having a better option of what to eat or, or work gets busy and they can't exercise, but they know how to navigate it to still maintain that level of health. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, it's what, I de- what I certainly do not do is a diet. Yeah. Uh, I don't do diets because time and time again, it's been proven they don't work. Um, weight loss, if that is what one of my clients wants to achieve through working with me that is a fantastic byproduct of good health but good health comes first yeah great something that you said there is uh, habits and i would like to talk a bit more about it because obviously when you went through your transformation you would have to uh, do some habit changes because habits are so much important because so the way i understand habits is it's the things that we do again and again and again and it creates the compound effect and that's what gets us results. So tell me, like, how did you manage to change your habits and how do you help your clients to change their habits? Is there any tips you can get give to me and our audience? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is understanding that it's not really our fault that it can be, it can be difficult to change because our brain doesn't want us to change. Yeah. I, I'm certainly no psychologist, but I understand certain elements of, of how this works. And, you know, you, you, over time in life, by repeating a behavior, you're creating that neural pathway that allows you to do it on autopilot. And mm-hmm. so to actually change it and to divert from that autopilot scenario yeah. is, is difficult. It's challenging. It takes mental effort to do it. So I, I do like to talk a bit about that and just create that awareness with people that, you know, this, this is not necessarily going to be easy and, and patience is absolutely key. You yeah. can't just change that overnight or in a week or even in a month. 
it, it, it takes a long time. So awareness is, is certainly one thing. Being prepared. Um, so I, I mentioned mental effort there. When we're not prepared, then the level of me- mental effort to do what, it could be preparing the meal or it could be having to go and get organized for the gym because you didn't pack your bag the night before, whatever it is, any additional barrier that you leave to have to overcome to do the thing that you you want to do and you're trying to do is going to make it less likely that you'll have success. Yeah. So being prepared and, and just planning ahead to in, in, enhance the chance of your success. Yeah. And, and I suppose that the other main thing is that a lot of people have this all or nothing feast or famine mentality that if something goes wrong or they make a bad choice or they, they fall off the wagon, everyone loves that phrase falling off the wagon. Um, then that's it. It, you know, that's it ruined. I have to start all over again. Might as well just not even bother for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. And then that becomes a month. And it's, it's, it's trying to change that attitude because life cannot be all or nothing. Yeah. Things happen, things come up all the time that we just have to, to deal with and navigate. So, and I, I, I actually often encourage my clients. I mean, it, it depends on, on them and what their, their attitude and mindset kind of is to this stuff. But I think one of the best things we can do is actually consciously screw up, make mm-hmm. a bad choice yeah. because that's what is going to happen inevitably in life. And yeah. so by, but by doing it in such a way that we don't lose our power because it's a conscious decision, yeah. it makes it less of a big deal when it happens and you're not prepared. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. And um, thank you for sharing something that you talk about. Like, this is what I find with my clients as well. That if you make a mistake, so if you had a, so I, I do a lot of work with like business leaders, helping them achieve their goals. So if they if they had a bad Monday, that means the week is ruined. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, if if and I I say something similar about that as well. Like life is not what happened or what will happen. Is what happening in this moment. So your choices in this moment. So often we, once we f- do something wrong, we feel that everything is ruined. So if we had a bad day, it means that the week is ruined. Or if we had a bad morning, it means the day is ruined. Uh, but it's actually not. You, we can choose every moment. So yeah, I like that. And and yeah, and that reminds me actually that's something that I really love is that the only thing that exists is the present moment, right? Yes. So what what a client had did yesterday or what they, what they ate for lunch or what they didn't do this morning that they were supposed to do. It, it, it doesn't actually matter anymore because they can't change it. It's in the past. And all, all that really matters now is what they do right now and in the future. Yeah. So move on basically. hundred yeah. percent. So I know that you, one of the things that you take your clients through is, um, improve their gut health as well. And you also have a 21 day program, is it 21 day program on gut health? So, so would like, like to talk a bit about gut health and maybe get some, some tips from you for the audience on how they can improve their gut health. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of the things I'm, I'm quite passionate and excited about right now. Um, because for most of the first year in, in this health coaching business, I, 
I only offered a, a 16 week coaching program, mm-hmm. but I think just, I, I saw a documentary on, on channel four um, in the UK that was talking a lot about gut health mm-hmm. and it, it's coming up a lot in, in the news and, and in literature about the importance of gut health. Yeah. And obviously I'm, I'm a health geek. That's why I'm doing what I do. But I'm, that's why I do what I do. And so I, I started reading up on this and the literature clearly shows that there is a strong connection between the gut and the brain. There's millions of neurological wirings between the gut and the brain that mean that what goes on in the gut is directly influencing the brain and therefore cognitive abilities, mental health, even emotions. Yeah. Um, and not even just actually the brain connection. It's also, it, it forms the, the biggest part of our immune system which in a time like this with, with COVID, that, that's also become a lot more of a focus and a priority for people. So I thought this, this is something that I could really help people with and that people are becoming more aware of and, and actually quite interested in. So I, I run a 21-day gut health reset. And I call it a reset because basically what we're trying to do is reset the balance of the the gut microbiome which is basically the gut is an ecosystem it's an ecosystem of billions of microbes and bacteria good and bad and everything that we do not just what we eat but also our our lifestyle habits even exercise influences that the balance of that ecosystem and this 21 day reset it's a short-term it's a kickstart. You know, if someone has serious health issues, of course, 21 days is not going to fix it, but it's a, it's a kickstart to rebalancing the gut microbiome by taking pre and probiotic supplements. Now, most people have heard of pre and probiotic supplements, but they don't really know what they actually are. So just in a nutshell, without getting too sciencey, the, the probiotics that that's the actual live bacteria. Okay. And we can, we can, populate our gut with live bacteria um, to, to influence that ecosystem balance. And then the prebiotics, that's, it's food for the bacteria because it's indigestible fibers, for example, that we can't digest, we, we can't absorb into our body. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, as it passes through the intestinal tract, the gut, uh, the bacteria actually feed off of that. Mm-hmm. And so that helps them populate and, diversify the, the populations in the gut. So pre and probiotic supplements, but also, and, and this, this is absolutely fundamental is a diet change um, ch- changing the food that is actually going down the hatch because that is it's, it's passing through the digestive system and that's also going to influence the, the gut microbes. And so week one is a, a strict elimination week. So eliminating a lot of offensive inflammatory foods that, can, can not just promote the po- populations of bacteria that are unhelpful to have in our gut, but can also just, they actually damage the wall of the gut. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is problematic. It's certainly in the long term because it means that things can start passing through the, the gut wall into the bloodstream that should never be there in the first place because mm-hmm. the gut wall is damaged. And, and that might take decades to, to manifest, you know, but I am all about being proactive about health, not reactive to health issues. Yeah. So um, elimination in week one and then week two and three are all about 
continuing the, the new way of eating, but also through taking these pre and probiotic supplements, promoting that, that positive, popular, uh, po- positive bacteria populations in the gut to create a, a good, healthier balance, boost the immune system. So I, I've been running this for the last few months and, and the benefits that my clients have experienced range from better sleep, more energy, less bloatedness, and, and just general digestive discomfort. Um, it's, it's too short term to really know about the immune system benefits, but I have no doubt it it's helping them. And, and we'll see for those that actually continue with the, the, change, the changes that they've made, I'm sure it will have a positive impact on that in the longer term as well. Um, and definitely the byproduct of, of weight loss as well, because again, weight loss is about good health. It's a byproduct of good health. And something that I, I, all, I, I always, I notice it baffles people. And I, I guess I understand why is because of the diet mentality. So many people have is that the, the way I coach my clients to eat, it, it's first and foremost about health and what actually works for weight loss for someone that needs to lose weight also works for weight gain for someone who needs to gain weight yep. because weight management, whether it's up or down, is all about good health. The weight management is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing that my clients who have done the 21 days have experienced. And it's yeah, been absolutely amazing to see the the change in some of them in such a, a short period of time. You know, it, you can see amazing results in a short period of time, but that's not enough to create sustainable long-term change, which of course is then the, the focus after that. Mm-hmm. And and why why is it twenty one days? Is there a, is there a, some reason behind that as well? Or <laughs> no, there's no. Uh, it's not it's not like twenty one days is a, is a silver bullet for for achieving a certain thing. It's more just the the pre and probiotic program that my my clients go through that is is tailored to to run for a twenty one day period. Okay, and uh, so. I know you, obviously we have limited time, so you cannot share uh, much details, but if, if you had to tell us some of the foods that definitely a no, no, forgot, what would that be? Or some, or maybe some of the foods that might help our gut a bit. Yeah. So yeah, great question. No, no's for the gut. Um, there, so everyone knows that in food there are nutrients, but there are also anti-nutrients mm-hmm. and well, the, the clue is in the name. They actually make it more difficult for our body to absorb the nutrients, hence the name anti-nutrients. And there's various different types of anti-nutrients, but um, the, the most problematic ones, so gluten, which is in wheat, uh, grain, cereal, yeah. pasta, that, that sort of thing. Um, that, that's really offensive to our gut. And I, I would actually argue everyone on this planet is gluten intolerant to an extent, but it's a spectrum. Obviously, on one end, you've got celiacs who are extremely gluten intolerant. They can't, have it, they can't touch it. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, you might have someone who just experiences a little bit of digestive discomfort, a little bit of bloating, but possibly aren't even aware of it because it's become so normal for them. You know, like being bloated is just a, a normal state for so many people now that they, they don't even think of it as an intolerance. But it, it's bad news. It, um, it damages the lining of the gut wall, which over a lifetime, and it's going to manifest in some people earlier than others. Um, but it, it can lead to something called leaky gut, which is where the gut wall is allowing things through into the bloodstream that should not be there. So um, so gluten, uh, I, I try and stay away from it 
95% of the time I'm, I'm avoiding gluten. Yeah. Um, and then th- the other thing I would say is sugar. Um, I mean, I, I, you don't need, I'm sure it's not going to be news to anyone that sugar is not good for us. Pro- processed, refined sugar. Um, that's more because it, it has problems in the areas not necessarily directly related to the gut, but, but in relation to the gut, yeah. it's going to promote bacteria that thrive in that thrive on sugar and that can lead to, to gut issues that the bacteria that like sugar yeah. are n- not liked by our gut and our bodies. So, and, I, and if I have time for one more, I would say it's um, so legumes and pulses. So like beans, lentils, pulses, um, they have, they, they, are, so the way I, I explain it is this, um, Animals have legs to run away from predators. Plants do not. So instead, plants uh, initiate chemical warfare, essentially. They, they have chemicals inside them that when they are eaten, they, and, and our bodies or an animal's body starts to break them down and digest them, these chemicals are released into our digestive systems mm-hmm. that cause problems to put us off eating them again. Yeah. Um, now, some some are obviously more offensive than others. I mean, you could eat some certain plants or certainly like mushrooms, for example, that are highly poisonous, and you will know never to eat them again um, if if you if you were to eat them. Whereas beans and pulses, it's they're not as offensive as like sort of a poisonous mushroom, but they they release something called phytic acid, and and they also have something in them called saponins, which again just over over time over a lifetime of eating them, they're damaging the gut wall. Um, they're actually uh, perforating the cell membranes of, of the gut. And over time, significant issues can manifest if, if, if you're unlucky. You may be one of the lucky ones, in which case it's just general discomfort and probably a compromised, well, by compromising the gut, you are compromising the immune system. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, we all, we all know how important gut is. Obviously, recent research has shown even more how important because all the nerves that are connected to the gut and it sends nutrients to to most important parts of our body, including the brain. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I found it really useful and I'm sure the listeners will find it really useful as well. And also your journey, um, as I said, it's, it's a really inspiring one. So thank you for sharing that too. Pleasure. No, we are coming to the end. Unfortunately, I would like to talk more, but um, our 30 minutes is kind of coming to the end. So if you had to give any parting wisdom to our, our viewers, what would that be? It would be eat real food, not fake food. Um, obviously, the advice I'm going to give is, to, is going to relate to diet and health because that's my that's yeah. my jive. But um, yeah. Eat, eat real food, not fake food. If it's something that's made in a factory and it's wrapped in plastic packaging mm-hmm. and you could not find it out in nature, it's probably going to be bad for us. Um, if if you could hunt, forage or gather it, if it's a real natural whole food, then it's probably going to be good for us. So the, the advice I'd be is focus on the real food, not the fake processed stuff and see how better you feel even in a matter of say three days, you'll be you'll be amazed, and you'll you'll find health, energy, and vitality that you never knew you had. 
Perfect. I like that. Eat real food, simple yet profound. Um, yeah. Well, thank thank you for that. And finally, just uh, if any of the viewers or listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Yeah. Um, so I'm on most of the social media platforms. The best one would probably be uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. So okay. on Instagram, I'm just at Robert Hercus. That's H-E-R-C-U-S, Robert Hercus, all in word. Um, and LinkedIn, yeah, it's just you find me with my name. Um, those would probably be the two best platforms. Uh, I'm, I'm not huge on TikTok yet. I am starting to uh, explore the TikToks, but uh, it's it's a, a new world to me. So I'm I'm, I'm not uh, not big on there yet. And and Facebook, I've got a Facebook page uh, at Robert Hercus Online. Any of these places, and I just I welcome any messages from anyone that has a genuine interest in improving their health, or just has a question, or they're confused about something because there's so much misinformation out there. So I, I welcome anyone to just send me a message. I like, I, I said earlier, I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love interacting with people. So please just send me a message and, and I'll get back to you. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. And, and uh, obviously the people can find more information on your website as well. Uh, is it bra health? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm at, it's actually going to be changing to uh, www.robertharkis.com, but okay. that is not live. Yet. So in the meantime, okay. yeah. Um, Bra Health, B-R-A-W Health.com, um, which is which is really the name of my my program. Um, okay. So that, that also works. Perfect. Well, I'll post all the links uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this. I'll, it will be somewhere in the comments. And um, thank you very much, Robert, for being here with us. And thank you for sharing your journey and your wisdom. Thank you for having me, Anurag. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've now got my first podcast experience in the bag. So I'm really grateful for that. And I hope it's been of some help and, and value to your listeners. It definitely has been. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Find out more at superhumaninyou.com.